Man, don't fucker tell me what not to deny. I'll deny what I want, motherfucker. You think you'll bear me? But then you hit record and you're out the door anyway. Our whole relationship is a CD skipping away. Crush on Ray. On the air. Okay. Yeah. Who is this? Is this the show? <laughs> uh, I don't remember how to do this. <laughs> I know. Well, I feel bad because, like, like last week we had a good reason for not doing a show, mainly that, like, y- like you were learning about doing yoga or something. Oh, yeah. I was in teacher training for yoga last weekend, so I was pretty much in downward dog for 14 hours. Although the, the week before was my fault because I ended up like sleeping through not only the record time, but until like, what was it? Like four, four o'clock my time, I think. Yeah. You were dead to the world. Yeah. So, um, sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> Happy new year from crush on radio. Yes. <laughs> so, <clears throat> we're trying something a little different this week. So if the sounds a little weird, uh, just let us know through, whatever method you prefer. Uh, comments on the website, we've got the contact form, we've got the Facebook, we've got the Twitter. But uh, we're doing something a little different and hopefully it's going to work because it'll also get, let us get this show out a little quicker, I think. Definitely. Because quicker, the, quicker release, as it were. Yes. Through the magic of technology, we're going to be able to actually play our songs for you while we're recording. Da-da-dun-da-da-dun. Um, and so this is our, since this is our new year episode, first episode of the new year, we thought we'd start by taking a look back at our favorite songs of 2012. A retrospective, if you will. Yes. Our five favorite songs each of 2012. So that's 15 songs. That is five times the number of songs you usually get in a regular episode of Crush on Radio. It's a good value. Don't say we never did nothing for you. And if you act now, we'll give you twenty. Uh, like we'll give you two episode, two copies of the episode. Yes, fifteen songs on two CDs. Twice. <laughs> this is also available on eight track. <laughs> oh God, I'm waiting for the uh, we talk hip about eight track renaissance. Can <laughs> we talk about my headphones first? Okay. Yes. So for Christmas, I got a pair of Sennheiser. HD 380 Pro studio monitor headphones, and they are luxurious. Awesome. I heard about them through uh, Marco Arment, who is the creator of Instapaper and now the magazine, and uh, he recommended them on his website, Marco.org, which I'm pretty sure I have in the show notes from two weeks ago. Um, and I pretty much kind of just took him, took him at his word. And because uh, what I had been using before was a pair of old, old AKGs that my dad uh, gave me from when he was uh, listening to music. And uh, I used those for quite a while. And the, the cord finally started to, to get a little crackly. So I gave those back to him uh, so he could replace the cord and um, asked for these, these Sennheisers for Christmas. And um, they are fantastic. They are super comfortable. They are lightweight. They come with a nice 
a hard shell case. They fold up quite flat and unbulkily, and they sound fantastic. I feel like I need to, what I have been doing since Christmas for the past three weeks is listening to my entire music collection from front to back because I feel like I need to re-listen to everything uh, with these headphones. So it's been fantastic, and uh, I highly recommend the Sennheiser HD 380 Pro headphones. Nice. A ringing endorsement. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually have new headphones, too. I bought uh, for myself the Apple EarPods. Ah. Because I needed a, a pair for commuting on the subway, and just having those big-ass cans on the subway just doesn't really work for me. Mmm, big-ass cans. I yeah. use the uh, the EarPods for exercising, walking, and for doing the show, because I don't like having my, you know, the Sennheisers are over the ear. So I don't like, uh, similar to you, Rich, I think I don't like the big cans when I'm trying to hear myself. Yeah. Uh, I, I did, uh, the big cans did come in handy and during the, when it was cold out as, make sure it's also working as ear, as, uh, earmuffs, but I've got those cool back of the head earmuffs and they actually fit nicely over the ear pods. So my ears stay nice and toasty and I can still listen to my music and my podcast and I can still hear the, uh, train announcements. Nice. Yay. I do not have any new headphones at all, but that's okay, because my headphones were pretty awesome to begin with. Mm. Awesome. So, um... But yeah, you, you can't really can't go wrong with, like, most uh, studio uh, headphones. That That's what I do kind of recommend to a lot of people, is, like, just get the... get You know, spend the money and get, like, yourself a, a really good pair of headphones, because they will last, and they are awesome. Yeah. And pretty much, I mean, I prefer to use them rather than listening to music without headphones now. So whenever I'm at my desk, I'm pretty much wearing them. Uh, so they've already paid for themselves. I'm actually uh, wary of Sennheisers because I've bought Sennheiser products in the past and the plugs tend to always go out on, give out on them. Mm. The nice thing about the jack with these is that they come with a, the cord itself is a 8-inch eight eight jack. Um uh, what do you call it? An eighth of an inch jack. Uh, but it comes with a little adapter, like a little screw-on quarter-inch jack, which is handy. And a nice feature. Just be careful and make sure you you're, uh, don't abuse the, uh, the, the where the plug hits that connects to the cable, because if that breaks, mm. and, it, and it, it might. Just my experience with Sennheisers. So, uh, we're going to... Well, you can always go to Radio Shack and, and get yourself a... Uh, New one and just spice it on in. Ooh, I was looking at doing that, and that's uh, that's some seriously detailed soldering. I think we should get to the songs because you know we we it, we took like half an hour to guess troubleshoot the setup. So <laughs> <laughs> make it make it at least like like somewhat worth it. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it's how I've got the playlist set up in VLC. Uh, I'm just gonna do it that way um, with me. It's gonna be me. Oh, sorry about that. Me, uh, Anne and Matt, and then Andrew. Nice. Cool. If that's kosher with you guys. It so, um, is. Sounds good to me. All right. So my number five song of 2012 is not on any album. It was a standalone single, and it was actually used. A, a, it was a promotional uh, PSA video song to teach teach people to not mess with trains and it is called dumb ways to die set fire to your hair 
poke a stick at a grizzly bear Eat medicine, it's out of date Use your private parts as piranha bait Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Get your toes out with a fork Do your own electrical work Teach yourself how to fly Eat a two-week-old unrefrigerated pie Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Invite a psycho killer inside Scratch a drug dealer's brand uh, I was listening to that. Uh, oh, I, I like that song a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's um nice. I, I saw the video on Mephi a while ago. It was just sort of like, this song is awesome. And then when you chose it, I was like, awesome. <laughs> just because it's so it's so bouncy and cheery and, and the Australian accent kind of makes it. And then it's, you know, it's all like, you know, about juggling yeah. race plates or whatever <laughs> kind of has a little bit of a joanna newsom vibe to me but not quite as not all the way but a slight influence perhaps i don't know when this who came first but uh joanna newsom this is like pretty recent i think yeah yeah it's it's from last year at some point mm-hmm. yeah I, I think for me it's like with joanna newsom like i like her songwriting but i just cannot get behind her voice yeah, some a friend of mine put. Um, oh, I don't remember what the song was called. Something about two ralu raluing. <laughs> Hold on, it is called. Oh, this side of the blue, and um, I like it. It's kind of the vocals are. I mean, that's the only song of hers I really heard, um, and I think they can sort of stray into the to the gimmicky realm, but. At the same time, I like it. It's kind of whimsical, and you know, it, it suits her kind of. By the way, if you haven't seen the video for this, uh, it's in the show notes, and it's hilarious. Yeah, these cute little it, cartoon it's... blobby things dying in dumb ways, as way to mm-hmm. by the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it, I do have one thing though. Is that like I I don't know if the um, pro, the uh, genitals is pronobate. I, I don't know if that would actually kill you necessarily. It's just like hurt a whole hell of a lot. I think you would bleed out pretty quick. Okay, I guess I, I guess I could <laughs> do that. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the water and there's piranhas nibbling, well, lots of piranhas, and they're eating your parts and you're bleeding, and it's gonna it's going to be hard to get a group of piranhas to be selective and only eat your genitals. I think well, that well, once. Well, in the yeah. video though, it's it, there's like a it's a fish tank, and the 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 uh, dumb person is like, you know, is basically like has ha, has their their bits basically dangling perfectly over the edge. So it is uh, it would be a a a snack size thing for a piranha, mm, considering that they can they can eat a cow in like three seconds or whatever. It's an above average snack. <laughs> oh. 
this was just one of the the stupidest, most fun songs I heard all year. So I, I had to had to put it in here. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of it toes. I think it toes the line a little bit. Um, being a novel sort of novelty esque, but it's still like good enough to listen to on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean you can't say that about like uh, Gangnam Style or whatever. Right. Yeah. Which reminds me, I actually got to spend New Year's Eve in Times Square indoors in a in a building with a bathroom and with booze, not outside where it's cold and there's nowhere to pee like those stupid suckers. <laughs> but I got to see Psy perform Gangnam Style on a screen across the street, and that was kind of cool. I don't think I've ever actually heard that song. It ain't bad. I ain't good either. I know it's all the rage for the kids these days, but... It's, it's catchy, I'll give it that. Mm. It, I don't know, I, I I just got sick of it really, 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 really quickly. Well, I, got, <laughs> I also got on board late, so... Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that was my brush with the famous... That was my second closest I've ever gotten to someone who's internet famous. <laughs> my closest I ever got to someone who's internet famous was I accidentally saw... Um, scumbag Steve in Times Square as well, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, I've heard that Scumbag Steve is actually a really nice guy. I, I, I don't. Can't, I can't verify I this because when I say I saw him, I mean I saw him. I walked past him, and it was definitely him. Yeah. So, I think we have another song to talk about. Okay, <laughs> at least <laughs> this one's here. This one's you, Matt. Okay, number five. This is Kelly Hogan. We can't have nice things from the album. We can't have nice things. I think it's or no, no. I like to keep myself in pain. It's the album. Sorry. Welcome to our humble home, we can't invite you in Someone's gonna make a wreck of everything again Like this coffee table footrest where the whiskey glass leaves rings And I guess we just can't have nice things The phone must not be working cause you haven't called me yet chair that I wake up in has been burned by cigarettes. I tell myself it's only smoke that suffocates and claims. And I guess we just can't have nice things. No, I guess we just can't have nice things. Um, yeah, I, I, I love Kelly Hogan anyway. I mean, she is an amazing singer, um, as you could probably tell from that, that bit there. But, um, this album in particular, um, I think it's her first for Anti Records, um, the sort of like the Americana y side of Epitaph. 
um, where it, um, and it's like just an amazing record. And her band is like, like has like Booker T in it and everything on this one. And I thought that organ playing sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, I, I've in the show notes, I put a, uh, like a EPK electronic press kit about the album. That's like about 10 minutes long. And it's like really great to watch. But the great thing too, about this record, aside from the amazing band is, and her amazing vocals is that all of the songs, um, are, have been written for her by lots and lots of, really talented people including um you know crush on radio favorites like robbie folks and andrew bird who i believe wrote we can't have nice things and it's just an amazing record um she she wrote one song on the record um which is about nico case who's a really uh, close friend of hers as well and it's just an outstanding record and i i was like I don't know why I didn't choose it actually as a as a full on pick yet, but here here it is, best of twenty twelve. Kelly Hogan. I like to keep myself in pain. What do you guys think? I I wish you'd made this a, a regular pick for the show because I gotta get the album now, especially now that I know that's Booker T playing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The and the songwriting too. Like, uh, there's a Vic Chestnut song for her who just died. Um, Robin Hitchcock. Um, like I said, Robbie Falks, Andrew Bird. Andrew Bird wrote a couple. Um, Stephen Merritt wrote at least one. It's just, yeah. It's a who's who. Pretty much, yeah. And I think Kelly Hogan definitely fits in the who's who herself because she is amazingly talented as a singer, too. Well, and a songwriter, too, for when she does write her own songs. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit, also. Uh, I was wondering when the... Uh, what was because... This is why we can't have nice things. Is also a uh, one of many running jokes on the television show Archer, uh, yes. that, that Matt and I are oh, no. tremendous fans of. And um, I was wondering when it had first originated, so I just Googled it. It turns out that, according to KnowYourMeme.com, this is why we can't have nice things. Is a series of lolcat style images that apparently originated sometime in 2008. <laughs> There's a nice line graph right here of the usage of this term on the internet um but so yeah any uh obviously i think, I think it actually predates that too because i know i've heard that as a riff I, on mystery I, science theater oh yeah yeah I, yeah i've heard it before too and just as a thing but although i do kind of like the idea of you know like you know the the next single from her next album being you know this is how you get ants <laughs> <laughs> well but, it depends on who's doing the, the songwriting maybe check in with uh, mr bird Yes. <laughs> Barry, you asshole. <laughs> Man, we should get we should get together with like Andrew Bird, Kelly Hogan and and like just get them to do like an album of like Archer riffs. Mm. Or like where the songs might not have anything to do with Archer, but all the titles are are um Archer uh catchphrases and whatnot. Maybe a cover of Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm going to have had to eventually watch this show. I'm so behind on television. I am dying for season three to come out on the freaking Netflix. Yeah. Um, the new season starts this week, though, the 17th oh. on the TV. So is that season four? Yeah, season four. Ah, so I need to get on season three. Yeah. Well, maybe there I feel this, like... Uh, this thing called BitTorrent. I don't know if you've heard of it. On the interwebs? Yes. Um... 
That's how I'm watching, know, the, uh, that's how I'm watching the new series of Red Dwarf. Yeah, I watched, uh, I was on Netflix last night, and I watched one episode of Portlandia, because that's Merlin Mann's new kick that he's on, and I was like, eh, and then I watched, I've watched several episodes of 30 Rock, probably like eight or nine episodes, and I'm also like, eh, but there's a thread on the, on a message board that I frequent about, that's just 30 Rock quotes, people quoting 30 Rock, and the quotes are always really funny. But like when I watch the show, I'm like, where are all the funny quotes that people always quote? So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with you on both of those. I mean, for me, like, maybe just because I, you know, I've been to Portland and I live in Seattle, which is already pretty close to Portland, that I just don't find Portlandia funny at all. I'm just sort of like, oh, it's this thing. Okay. Yeah. And it, it just seems like kind of like lame, like hipster baiting. Right. Like that, that one Simpsons episode they just ran that was like about, that basically was the Portlandia people was just fucking excruciating to me, I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm kind of with you on 30 Rock, but then again, I'm like the one person who doesn't really get Tina Fey. Oh, I love Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin, but Tracy Morgan kind of irritates me. And, uh, I don't know. Not, not something that I need to see every episode of. You're listening to Crush on Primetime. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, this one's yours. Uh, so it is. Uh, so I'm a little bit conflicted now in retrospect because I am following. I just I posted on my my um, slightly resurrected weblog. Um, I linked to Frank Chimero's website uh, because he's he's an RDO person, and uh, I use RDO for when I'm not at um, my iTunes, which is very handy. And uh, he has been doing this thing where he creates playlists, like one playlist a month. Um, so all the songs that he's into during January 2012, February 2012, and so on and so forth. And so at the end of the year, he has like uh, he has a short list of his favorite songs from the year and a long list of all of his favorite songs from the year, which is like six days long. Um, but so I didn't. Uh, it wasn't until I subscribed to his his playlist on Audio that I realized that my very, I want to say my very first pick for the show, uh, Sharon Van Etten, uh, her album Tramp was released in 2012. And I did not realize that and subsequently did not pick uh, one of her songs for my top five. Um, so if I had a bonus pick, it would be uh, the song Warsaw by Sharon Van, Van Etten, which is um, wonderful. Although I'm really still only uh, into the first three songs on that album still, <laughs> but those first three songs are awesome. But anyway, so my first, uh, my number five pick is a song called Death to My Hometown by Bruce Springsteen off of his 2012 album Wrecking Ball. And we can play that now, Rich. Death to my hometown, boys. 
song is not so much about it for me being one of the greatest songs of 2012, but it's more uh, representing my conversion to um, Bruce Springsteen fandom. And I don't want to rehash, because I think we talked about the Bruce Springsteen concert that I went to earlier this year. And um, I'd never been a big fan, but seeing uh, him live, I had the opportunity to go and catch him live. And seeing him in concert really uh, is sort of a religious conversion experience. And I'm not, I still don't, you know, have any sort of grasp on his massive discography, but I do have a sincere pre appreciation for him. And uh, this song in particular was one of my favorite songs that he performed live. And so now listening to it, uh, listening to the studio recording, I uh, am transported back to that time I saw him perform the song live and stomping around and seeing tons of middle-aged people united in, in their uh, pursuit of forgetting about their their midlife crises crises so uh i like it a lot and i'm i'm happy to now be a, a fan of the boss as someone who basically who kind of grew up on bruce springsteen what with you know being from philadelphia and philadelphia having embraced him as his as one of their own and hearing the same five fucking songs on the radio all the time <laughs> i mean i respect bruce springsteen i'm sure there's a lot there but i having heard the same five fucking songs I mean, you got Born in the USA, you mm. got, uh, oh, uh, Thunder Born Road. Thunder Road. Um, Dancing in the Dark. Dancing in the Dark. Jersey Girl, but that's really more of a, you only really hear that in the Philadelphia area, and that was originally a Tom Waits song. Mm. And you've got the Christmas song that he did with the East Street Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah, that you hear at, at Christmas time, and, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, so it was... It's interesting hearing something that isn't one of those five songs, mm -hmm. and I'm sure it. It. it I, I'm not converted to Bruce fandom from it, but then again, I haven't seen him live, and then again, I mean, it's a good song. It. It. It's. It, I'm not putting it down. I'm just like, I. My perception of Bruce has been forever colored by, the, the experiences I've had, and I. I can respect him. I just. I. I have. It, it's not making me want to dive any further in. I just, it's a, it's a good song now. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I was kind of the opposite. Like, cause I think I, I mentioned before too, that I, I've not been a, uh, Bruce fan at all. Like, and I kind of go eh, on most of Bruce Springsteen's. So I admit that like when I saw Bruce on your list, I was kind of, eh, and then I listened to the song and I have to admit it's a fucking great song. <laughs> I, I I really dug it. It's got kind. Of, I mean, he's kind of doing a little bit of a Tom Waitsy thing with his looks, but not really. And there's a little the little kind of pogsy kind of feel to the um, to the music. And I I just really really dug this one. I mean, like I don't know if I'm necessarily you know converted or anything, but it did make me want to actually maybe check out the rest of uh, Wrecking Ball. But, yeah. yeah I, I the, that. Mm -hmm. the uh. The Wrecking Ball album, I still I don't really have a grasp on the whole album, just the songs that he played uh, live. But I know that um, I think Obama used "We Take Care of Our Own" in uh, during the campaign and stuff. And um, so yeah, I mean for me too, it's because there's so many albums that he has he has put out, and I know very little about the whole Bruce mythology, but I I under I get it now with the handful of songs that i'm familiar with and uh you know i won't 
necessarily, you know, be revolted the next time I hear him on the radio or something like that. It's less a question of revulsion and more just, ugh, not this song again. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that, like, before I saw him in concert is that, you know, you only really hear the radio hits, which are grossly overplayed and uh, obviously are not probably the best representation. I mean, as singles rarely are the best representation of of an artist's uh, sort of caliber. Um, but yeah, because based on hearing those, those, uh, you know, people are obsessed with those, those five singles or whatever, um, on the radio. And I would always be like, eh, I, I mean, I guess, but I mean, there's so much more interesting, so much more interesting music out there. And, uh, it might have but, also been, you had to be there too. Yeah. Um, he definitely is, you know, a man of the people and really represents, ideals and i mean even with death to my hometown you know he's got that new jersey pride and that sort of blue collar working man thing because he's a he's uh, a working class boy who made good yeah you know busted his ass uh playing shitty clubs in ashbury park and new jersey and then in philly and then you know he he literally busted his ass to uh, get where he is so and he hasn't forgotten that like that's that's why i respect him i just I think there's a difference between respecting an artist and liking an artist. Yeah. You can respect an artist course. and you can like an artist. You can like an artist and not respect an artist. So. Mm -hmm. There's a whole show yeah. on that, but. <laughs> I mean, once again, if you ever have the opportunity to to see a Bruce Springsteen concert, even if you're not a fan, as I was not um, a fan, I, I recommend it. All right. Uh, so we're up to number four. And uh, my number four is from the greatest collaboration album of 2012, the uh, brilliant Love This Giant by David Byrne and St. Vincent, two great tastes that go better together. And this is the big song from it, Who. <laughs> I knew this album was going to be great as soon as it was announced, um, and I was pleasantly unsurprised. <laughs> um, I mean, this was this was one of my picks this 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 past year for the show. So, you know, it's nothing you didn't already know. Um, mm. But it's interesting because you know one of the great slight advantages to doing this uh, show two weeks late is that the other day NPR posted a video of a concert of some of the uh, David Byrne St. Vincent concert. Uh, not the one I attended, but I, I turned a different night on the show, on the tour, 
but it brought back all the memories of seeing them perform live uh, in September, and that was honestly the best best show of 2012 for me. Mm. Uh, I'll have to throw that into the show notes because I don't have it in there yet. Um, and it's just it it brought back all the memories of how great that album was and how great that show was, and it's it's it this deserves to be in here uh, in my my top five. It was mind blowing. And also, you know, that horn section. Um, another great thing about the album, about the, the, the live show, too, was hearing some of uh, St. Vincent. This was the first time I ever saw St. Vincent, or David Byrne, for that matter, live. But they did some of her solo stuff, or I mean, her own stuff. And my God, she's got some incredible stage presence. You, you'll see that in the video. You all, you, you guys need to watch it, if you haven't already. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm looking forward to that video too. I, I've got it up, but I haven't. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. But yeah, and yeah, I mean, uh, the, I don't know if there's a whole heck of a lot more to say about David Byrne and Saint Vincent just because they are so good. And it, I think, at this point, it's just sort of like if oh, uh, if you <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't you know checked this out yet, there is something seriously wrong with you, and you should see a doctor. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as soon as you possibly can, because uh, that shit ain't right. Yeah, I mean this. This is one of my favorite albums of the past year. The only reason I did not pick a song from this album as one of my top five favorite tracks is because I knew um, Rich had already uh, had a handle on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it would easily be in my in terms of records because we did top five tracks, but in terms of top five records like start to finish awesomeness i mean this has to be up there and top three at least um i don't know if i would have because i'm trying what i'm working on right now is a uh another idea i got from frank chimero is uh, a five stars playlist i don't use stars in itunes but i'm trying to make a playlist of my all-time favorite flawless songs and i cannot decide which track from this record to put on there um because every track is so strong and there's also the the dynamic of the record in that you have the tracks where they where they are very sort of equal 50 50 um and you have a majority of the other tracks are usually they feel more like a david burns song or more like a saint vincent song and they kind of alternate back and forth pretty consistently um so i think i mean my favorite tracks i mean because i know you picked lazarus rich for your um for the show uh, but Dinner for Two is, uh, even though it's not one of the more 50-50 sort of tracks, is uh, is probably my favorite track on the album. Um, although they're all just so fantastic, it's really hard to, to say that. Yeah, so. you're talking about top 10 albums. I actually did my top 10 albums on on Sands Point. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, uh, David Byrne St. Vincent came in at, at number three for albums. So, um, you know, it's interesting... Uh, the uh, the sort of uh, two three of two of my top five songs were not on albums that are in my top ten. Mm-hmm. One was because there, there were two standalone tracks, right. and my number one number two album. If you swap the order, it, it gives you my number one number two tracks, which is weird. But mm-hmm. I, I, I I I my methodology is sort of like you know, treat an album as an album and a song as a song. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to those as as time goes on. Yeah. <clears throat> required listing. Yep. So. Some radio fans. Yep. 
Crush on Radio endorses David Byrne and St. Vincent. Along with the rest of the world. <laughs> the rest of the right-thinking world. Yeah. So, um, Matt? I think this one's hey. all yours. Number four! Um, this one is um, a little bit of nepotism, as Kate Brennan is a very good friend of mine. But the thing is, is I would be a fan of her music, even if I weren't already a, a good friend of hers. So, um, let's hear... Don't oh, worry what? about that, Matt, because uh, I, my number three is, uh, is, a, is a friend of mine, so... Oh, okay. But well, I was thinking we should probably do a nepotism show at some point, but... But, um, but yeah, this... Uh, Kate, like I said, like, even if I did not know Kate Brennan, I, I would just adore all of her music, so... I don't. I, I honestly don't feel too bad about about choosing this, just because she's fucking amazing. So let's hear a little bit of um, one of her new songs from 2012, Madame Pompadour. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, love Kate, um, this, and, like, um, this is a little bit more country than she normally does, like, she is usually pretty firmly in the power pop vein, like, um, one of her songs that I absolutely love is called Jenny Said, and you, I think you can, uh, find that in the show notes, because I've linked to a lot of her sites, just because she doesn't really have, like, a central clearinghouse of Kate stuff, like she should, because, but the thing is, is that she's, all over the place like she's um she's a wonderful writer like i mean not just songwriter but writer writer um she's um done stuff for um echo which is a uh paper down in phoenix arizona where she's where she currently resides uh and she also has made the film festival circuit this year with um um her script for uh the film love or whatever um which I still haven't seen because the day that it played the uh, Seattle uh, Gay and Lesbian Film Festival, I had a migraine. Poo poo. So I missed. It. So I still haven't seen it, but I know that it's going to be awesome because it's Kate, <laughs> and she actually won a um, what was it? A Sundance screenwriting thing um, 
with a script that she wrote that I, I got to read and it was just phenomenal. And it was one where there was like a lot of buzz about it, but then that the writer's strike happened. And so it killed it, killed the buzz, which like fucking sucked because honestly, it was like just an amazing script. But yeah, I mean, there is basically nothing that Kate, Kate can't do. And she should be like the queen of all media in my own, you know, my own personal opinion. And so I'm glad that we were able to at least like, you know, I was able to hopefully turn you guys on to her with uh, Madame Pompadour and other stuff that she has done because she's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you, I didn't know that this was the first I heard song of hers. I've heard that I know of maybe she's got one on one of your mixies that mix CDs that you gave me over the years. Yeah. She's had a few different names, like um, their performing names. There's, uh, Kate Brennan is what she's going on now, which is her also, oddly enough, her real name. <laughs> um, her professional name for a while was MC Brennan, which she's done some stuff under. And then she also had a um, sort of a nom de rock for a while that was called uh, Kit Kelly. Huh. And they're all like all all flavors of Kate are awesome. So, yeah, I, I you, you can't go wrong. Like the, the Kit Kelly stuff is especially um, power pop. Okay. Yeah, I was, but I'm glad you mentioned that you know, this isn't her typical vein. I was kind of interested. I think it's interesting that you'd had two country-ish songs in your top five. Well, I, I do dig country, so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, most most of her stuff is pretty straightforward power pop. Mm-hmm. But again, she's no she's no stranger to country. Like she's also done. Um, you said you're gone, which is one of the Kit Kelly tracks. I think I think she's also redone as as Kate Brennan, uh, that is pretty, pretty straight up country, even more so than this one. Hmm. But, yeah. To her a- credit, this did not uh, strike me as a country track. <laughs> so, uh, I wasn't so using country good. as a four little word there. Don't worry. <laughs> Just an observation, um, not a complaint. Yeah, but I was a fan. I don't have much to say about this one, but I, um, I definitely enjoyed it. I think, um, you know, for, it's tough to, uh, I mean, there's a. There, I'm watching um, Rush's documentary behind the Beyond the Light of Stage. You know, there's a. They mention how there's a, a sort of stigma against local bands, and I don't know how what um, sort of uh, success, critical success, Kate Brennan has had, Matt. But uh, you know, being a there's a stigma against being a local band because you know people that, that go to see you are gonna think you know well if they're a local band like how good can they be like if they were if they were amazing they would be big already or something like that um, yeah if they were any good they'd be in new york duh right exactly <laughs> think that wouldn't you or even with opening acts like how you know if they're an opening act how good th- can they be but like with um you know the bright light social hour when i saw them open for umphreys and you know that can often um, your expectations can often be uh i don't know what you call it you can be surprised, you know, in the in the stuff that you uh, you come across. So if um, if Kate Brennan happened to be an opening actor or a local band, I would definitely uh, be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, and um, I know that she's done some stuff at the um, International Pop Overthrow, which is a sort of a festival that's in um, in the outskirts of Phoenix, and it's one where I I, I kind of get the impression that she's actually like being a rising star in Phoenix, which is great because it is so fucking overdue. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. I'm going to so, be echoing a lot of your sentiments in after the next song, I tell you. 
What? I'm going to be echoing a lot of your sentiments about this song with well, after after Andrew's done his uh, song and I get to do my next one. I'm just letting you know. Oh. Uh-huh. Spoilers. Spoiler alert! <laughs> but yeah, so basically, Kate Brennan, I love you. <laughs> so. Nice. That's all I got to say. On fourth? Yep. On fourth! <laughs> so my number four pick is a song called Lover of the Light by Mumford & Sons on their 2012 release, Babel. And in the middle of the night, I may watch you go. There'll be no value in the strength of walls that I have grown. There'll be no comfort in the shade of the shadow's throne. But I'd be yours if you'd be mine. Stretch out my life and pick the seams out. Take what you like. But close my ears and eyes Watch me stumble over and over I had done wrong You built your tower But call me home And I will build a throne And wash my eyes out But love the one you hold And I'll be your goal To have and to hold The lover of the light With skin so tight And eyes like marbles Who spin me high So watch me So, again, I don't want to rehash uh, our Mumford and Sons episode, but I was a huge fan, as everybody was, uh, when the first uh, Mumford and Sons album came out while I was in college, and uh, it was all the rage, and it took a considerable number of years, at least, I want to say at least three years before um, Babel came out, which is their sophomore album, and... um, you know, it has been, dis- I think it's generally received positive uh, acclaim, but I suppose it's a negative acclaim. Um, but, you know, some people have dismissed it in certain circles for being more of the same. And I think that, you know, depending on how big a fan you were of the first album is going to determine how much you like the second album, because, you know, more of the same is fine if the same is awesome. And uh, I am a fan of the Mumford and Sons. And there are some, some great tracks on this, on this album, lover of the light being one of my favorites. Um, but you know, I think as we mentioned on the episode where we talked about the album, it is good to see talented, real talented musicians and songwriters, um, producing quality stuff and achieving mainstream success with it. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm a fan of the of the Mumford and Sons, and this is a. I'm happy with uh, with this as their their second release, and I'm certainly uh, looking forward to more from them in the future. I mean, here's a good question. I mean, if 
where do you go from a sound like this? Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Like, start incorporating hip-hop influences? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Uh, so, this was actually my... That that show that we did with uh, Mumford and Sons was my first exposure to them. Um, and I, I I liked it. I, I still think the guy needs to lay off on the ground because he can't do it right. I mean, then again, I've just been exposed to so many people who have really good blues growls mm. that I, I consider myself sort of a connoisseur. I actually went to see a, the... There was this night in... I went to see a show in Brooklyn. friend of my girlfriend, his band was playing, and he was fourth in the lineup, so the fifth, first, or rather, second in the lineup. You know, he went on second. And the first guy was just this white skinny dude with uh, a guitar, with an electric guitar and a guy who could barely play drums, but he was an okay guitar player, but he insisted on doing this blues growl and he had no blues growl ability. The ma- if he's going to try that, he needs to like smoke a pack a day or something and, and for, for a year or two and then get back behind the microphone. Mm. I have to disagree with you on the growl. I think the, uh, the Mumford growl is tremendous. I don't... Um think of it i mean i'm not as big of a connoisseur connoisseur about blues growling as you are but um but i'm a fan and there's there is kind of a a formula a mumford and sons formula where it's there's there's quiet mumford and sons and then there's loud cathartic mumford and sons and uh they do that formula very well but it is um can be kind of formulaic but i know like on the the uh the the title track on babel like i cannot uh listen and sing along to that song in my car without like feeling goosebumps and you know feeling a, a great uh, cathartic catharsis. So I have to. Uh, I'm a fan of the Mumford Growl. Put that on the record and smoke it. Yeah, I I, I dug this too. I mean, like it was. I I already told my Mumford and Son story about being the the radio the first time and being confused as to what this, you know, top five single was because <laughs> it didn't sound like anything else. that was a top five single, but, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I still dig them. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, it was cool. And I think this is a great song. And I also do like the idea of negative acclaim where it's all like, you know, fuck this awesome record. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, how people, dare they, uh, you know, how dare they not old... suck? <laughs> <laughs> like they're popular. This can't be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've had that. I still struggle with that from time to time. Yeah, I, I admit that there is like a, a popularity is like perversely almost sort of a uphill road for me of you know being able to give them a fair shot. <laughs> I, I ran into that too with like I remember when uh, Andrew picked the uh, Goatia record. Because I was like going, oh god, this is that stupid thing that's everywhere. Oh wait, it's everywhere because it's actually pretty good. Is it pronounced Gautier or, 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 or? I God. believe it's Gautier. Gautier? What? Yeah. Get get go get get gotta go gotta get 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 get. I think I think is a meme on the internet. Okay, well well that that guy though, it's like I I still say that that's the one thing with him is he needs to get a name that people can fucking say. And I think it's Belgian. Ah. Or Australian. Yeah. Or he's Belgian and he's from Australia or something like that. Either way, I mean, one thing about that that song is it is it is still a good it's overplayed, but it's still a good song. It hasn't hit the point where it's been overplayed enough to me that I can't that I don't want to hear it anymore. Right. right. I mean, the thing with 
you know, it, when the for people like us being sort of on the, the fringe and being sort of more open to things that are outside the the public consciousness in terms of music or or anything really when you see something that's popular with the masses you know the mainstream is called a stream because it's shallow and uh you know you think well if if the common stupid person can understand this well then it's probably not going to have enough depth for somebody of my <laughs> musical prowess and taste uh, but sometimes that's that's not the case. And I think with people like Gautier and, and Mumford and Sons, you can have a artist that appeals to the masses, um, but can also be appreciated by the sort of musical, uh, what do you call it, intelligentsia. <laughs> <clears throat> the people who are up their own asses like us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Crush on our asses. <laughs> Our asses handle. are pretty awesome, you have to admit. <laughs> I've gotten lots of compliments on mine. All right. <sighs> so, song number three, I, I, unless we have anything else to say, but... Nope, the road is long. All right, song number three. <laughs> this is my nepotism pick. Um, um, dear friend of mine in Philadelphia, uh, Sherry Vary, uh, performing out of this... That's her stage name. Her performing with the... Uh, her act is called Void Vision. Um... She put out a song this year on a, on a compilation called uh, 290.625 Degrees or something. It's a weird title. But the song is called Everything is Fine, and I heard her perform it, and I've always been a, I've been a fan of her work for years, but when I heard her perform this song for the first time, it just punched me in the gut in such a great way, and uh, it, it belongs in my top three. Here's Everything is Fine. As soon as I heard the song for the first time, it just punched me in the gut. There, there's a, I don't want to get personal. There's a story behind it, but uh, I, she's been making music since 2008. Um, I remember, uh, first time I saw her, she was a, it was a four piece band with live drums, live guitar, and live bass, and 
Then I saw them again. They were down to a two-piece on all synthesizers, and now she's a solo act, and she's been slowly uh, putting together this this record and a re an album that should hopefully come out this year. And, and she's finally getting somewhere with her music. Uh, she was actually on a compilation in 2010, actually, with uh, some famous electronic bands like uh, Crystal Castles and Grimes and stuff. So, yeah, it is obvious I'm not the only one who recognizes her her talent here. So. <laughs> Yeah, this is 20, 2013 is going to be the year of Void Vision. Mark my words. So, uh, I love it. I think she's, and her voice is absolutely astounding. So, uh, I want to know what you guys think. Yeah, I, I like it a lot too. Like, um, I remember you actually had played like a few, uh, Void Vision things, uh, when back, back in the day when we were both into like Turntable FM a lot. And, like, I would be like, that was really, really cool. And then there's another band that I really, really liked that I guess they had, like, only recorded, like, a couple songs and then broke up or something. But, like, oh, yeah, Action Reaction. Um, yeah, yeah, they were awesome, too. But I've got a story about that, and that's going to have to go off here. Uh, oh, no worries. I think you may have told it to me anyway. But anyway, though, they, they were awesome. That's, that's my point. And Void Vision is similarly awesome. So I'm really glad that she's, she's going places in this big old world. She's actually got some West Coast shows coming up in April, so uh, keep your keep your eyes open. I'll let you know if she's playing Seattle. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because yeah, she she's good. <laughs> so I, I am I'm glad things are looking up for her. Because I mean, and there is always like with the nepotism kind of thing, there is always that um, risk almost that it's like sort of like, oh, these guys are friends of yours. Oh, that's where they should stay. <laughs> you know. Like, when you choose that kind of thing. But no, like, Void Vision is really, really good. So I am glad that you are helping to share her with the world. Because she's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan as well. I think instrumentally and uh, vocally, this was a um, a great track. So I approve. Yeah. I know it's, 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 this, is, this is the kind of music that's still out of your wheelhouse. To use our, our, it our is, term, but... Um, phrase. Yeah. It is, but... This uh, is one of the electronic tracks that lands with me for whatever reason. <clears throat> so uh, th thus concludes my my nepotism pick, but Void Vision, yeah. <laughs> so maybe Void Vision can do something with uh, Katie. You know that would be pretty cool. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, she seems, <laughs> she's 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 already in a, in another band too, Hot Guts, which are very good. Her her boyfriend is the other guy in that, and yeah, they're pretty awesome too. Mm. So you might want to check them out. Cool. All right. So now we're up to uh, to yours, I think. Number yeah. three. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing the the the, the dumb guy radio announcer voice. <laughs> The morning zoo. Yes. <sighs> Number three, the magnetic fields with Andrew in drag. <laughs> She does not exist, a shame he's not a fag The only girl I ever loved was Andrew and Drag There is no hope of love for me, from here on I go stag The only girl I'll ever love is Andrew and Drag Andrew and Drag Andrew and Drag Andrew and Drag Yeah 
yeah, I um, this is from the uh, new uh, Magfields album, Love at the Bottom of the Sea, with the big creepy clown on the cover. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's very much a Magnetic Fields album. I mean, it sounds like the Magnetic Fields, which is a good thing because I love the way that they sound. And yeah, this this was the single, and there's like a great video that I threw in the show notes, um, too, which I guess, uh, there is an errant, uh, lady nipple, so it's, it's technically not safe for work, but whatever. <laughs> I, I think if you're watching music videos at, at work, it's already kind of dodgy. So, but anyway, though, um, great song, um, standard, great, amazing lyrics from Stephen Merritt. Like the one that I like is the, uh, what is it like? Um, when I uh, that the first the, that that night that I saw my tail began to wag, I'd become a wiener dog for Andrew and drag. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I just great turns of phrase, great everything. This is like the uh, Kelly Hogan. This is one that I'm kind of surprised I didn't choose as a, as a legit pick on the show earlier. But there you go. Um, yeah, so um, I, I don't know if you guys are Magfields fans as I am, but I think you are, but maybe not. I don't know. I, I've got 69 mm. love songs, and that's the only Magnetic Fields album I've heard. And I haven't even listened to that all the whole way through because it's, you know, 69 fucking songs. Yeah, and 69 Love Songs is kind of uneven just because, again, it's 69 songs. Yeah. I mean, there's it's, too it's, much it's, some filler ones. <laughs> yeah, it's unlike it's the commercial album where where they're all like one minute long. Yeah, these are full length songs. So. Yeah, it's three CDs. <laughs> <clears throat> so, you know, I've, I've never moved past that, and unfortunately for me. I know nothing of the magnetic fields, but I have to say that this is the best song that I've heard with my name in it. <laughs> so uh to its credit um have you ever been in drag because i mean it could i, be I have never been in drag and i can't say that this song is convincing me to try it however if there's going to be a song about me being in drag uh, i'm glad it's this one yeah and it's glad that you're you know it's saying that you would be hot you know too it's true you know you you, you could be like crush on radio's own dave foley <laughs> Yeah, if we all did yeah. drag, it would come off more like the Monty Python pepper pots, I think. <laughs> yeah. Ew, I do like that. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a running joke of, with me and Quinn that, like, it's like, um, uh, you do know that I would totally leave you for uh, Dave Foley and drag, right? But it's okay because I'm pretty sure you'd leave me for the same. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Foley is totally the cutest kid. <laughs> <laughs> so which kid in the hall would you bang? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I actually haven't given that any thought. <laughs> <laughs> Who did the chicken lady? Because they're they're right out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was Mark, who was the chicken lady. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, someone has so many things to tell me, or, or something. Yes. Okay, so this is um, this is an interesting pick in my, in my top five. This is my number three pick. It's a song called God, I Have So Many Things to Tell You by an artist uh, named Tater. 
T-E-I-T-U-R. I think it's Ty Tor. Um, but this is off his 2012 release, Let the Dog Drive Home. albums but i first got into i'm going to say titor i first got into this guy um in college and his 2003 album which is his first poetry and airplanes is just a masterpiece one of my favorite albums um with some of my favorite songs and um i played that record to death and then wait a minute let me check our years here yeah and then okay so then stay under the stars came out in 2006 and it didn't, um, for one reason or another, I didn't, I didn't give it too much of my attention. I think I only listened to it a couple of times and then it, it never really stuck. And, and the same thing for the singer, which came out in 2008. And, um, so since, since then I've kind of, I had kind of not forgotten about him, but I had stopped, um, actively paying attention to him because I would just put on the first record whenever I wanted to listen to him. And, uh, I forget how I even, stumbled across this album but long story short i f i saw that he had a new record out that came out this year and um i bought it on a whim knowing that only one of his three albums up to that point had really stuck with me but so i bought let the dog drive home and um totally fell in love with it and it is kind of my i, I guess you call it a sleeper hit um in the sense that i was not anticipating this record at all i didn't even know it was out um, but it became one of my favorite records of the year. And, um, I might very well pick this as a, as a, a pick for the show in the future, but it's a very, uh, you know, God, I have so many things to tell you is sort of the first track that I really, um, played over and over again from this record. And then I got to know the rest of the album as time went on and all the tracks are equally strong. Uh, it is a very soft and quiet record, but it is, um, beautifully delivered and, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, I think it's, um, I just think it's gorgeous and I'm a, a big fan of it from start to finish. It's got some great, all, again, all the tracks are, are soft and quiet. And so they, they take a little bit more time to, cause there's not really, there are hooks, but you have to kind of, you know, they, the hooks don't scream at you, um, right off the bat. So you have to kind of get to know 
the record and spend some time with it. And once you do, it becomes a very pleasant uh, and enjoyable little uh, thing. So yeah, this is just a, a the record as a whole. And God, I have so many things to tell you in particular. Um, just a very pleasant surprise and um, a great little gem of an album that I didn't even know existed until I happened to buy it off iTunes on a whim. I'm going to have to go and check this one out myself. I, I, I need more, like, quiet music, as it were. You know, soft, quiet music that doesn't suck. Yeah. And I find that, that that's hard to find sometimes. Yeah, I might. I can't decide if I'm going to, uh, if I'm going to talk about because I don't think I've repeated any artists uh, on the show yet, but um, I might recommend starting with poetry and airplanes just because that's how I started. Um, but we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. And I'll also say this. I love the cover. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Do Go, go Dog Go. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's a simple drawing, but it's adorable. It's, it's hilarious, too. Yeah, the nice thing about his album, um, just looking at them in iTunes right now, is I'm, I don't know if this is intentional, although it kind of must be, but each one is like, you know, Let the Dog Drive Home is pretty much all yellow with a black marker drawing on it. And Poetry in Airplanes is very green. The singer is very red and Stay Under the Stars is pretty much all blue. Um, so it, they look nice lined up next to each other like that. Nice. Uh, album art is a, is a underrated art. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I quite dug this too, although it was kind of funny because like when I basically like the, the, the track sold me on itself because like when I first put it on, I was going like, this is actually kind of cool musically, but this guy can't really sing. Hmm. And then as it went on, like, I kind of got accustomed to his voice, and by the time the song ended, I was like, actually, that's kind of cool. I kind of dug that, so. Yeah, I mean, vocally, I think I think he's got a great voice, but I um, it is kind of not... I mean, I feel like I could identify his voice in a crowd, but I don't think, like, it's it's as unique in the sense of like Les Claypool unique or Dave Matthews unique or Getty Lee unique. Um, and you know, but different vocalists sort of have these different idiosyncrasies and can, you know, the way they articulate certain syllables in a song or the way they sing certain words can, um, be done to great effect. And it does take a while to sort of, cause his voice can be very subtle and the way he delivers some of the lines like, uh, I guess it would be the bridge and God, I have so many things to tell you when he's like, uh, I've been cynical. I've been pointing fingers like the, the way he delivers those lines is just, um, tremendous. So yeah, yeah. It's, it is kind of understated, but once you kind of get to know it, it is quite, quite beautiful. Yeah. I think it was kind of around the bridge of the song that I was like, Oh, okay. No, I, no, this guy knows what he's doing. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, sure. it's, yeah, it was, it was sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I didn't have that problem. But then again, I have. I listen to a lot of uh, musicians who are atypical voices. So yeah, and it's not really atypical. I mean, it's it's not. Again, it's not really out in the left field as far as vocals go. Yeah, but I, I just have like a, a different pers- different uh, perspective of what a really good vocalist uh, sounds like. I yeah, we could. If we don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, one of my uh, a surprise favorite from 2012. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, and uh, my uh, top two and top one songs are are, so- are songs we talked about before on the show, but 
Well, Worth number it. two is has to be, it, they're that good. They they deserve a second mention. Uh, number two is uh, Hot Chip off their uh, 2012 album In Our Heads. This is the amazing Don't Deny Your Heart. Tell me what not to deny. I'll deny what I want, motherfucker. You think you're better than me? <laughs> yeah. Also, and since the show, since we did the as a pick, uh, an actual official music video came out for "Don't Deny Your Heart," and there's a link to that in the show notes. But uh, this one uh, involves uh, computer graphic uh, soccer players kissing each other, mm. and so that might not be kosher where you work as well. So. Yeah, fair warning. Do it back to back with the Andrew and Drag video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get yourself fired. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Quit Crush on bad influence. <laughs> Repent. Quit your job. <laughs> Slack off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, um. Also, I saw Hot Chip last year as well, and that was the second best concert of the year, and. I mean, any show where it can get like a crowd of like bearded hipster dudes moving, you know, they got to be onto something. So, um, an amazing record. This is the, this is the 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 great song from it, in my opinion. I mean, you know, some have praised like flutes and stuff, but it's um, no, this was just the the one that just made me go, yes, this is an amazing record. So. Any any opinions on uh, Hot Chip since we talked about it before? <laughs> I feel like this record was everywhere this year, um, at least in my my circles of the internet. And uh, I never, other than when we listened to it for the show, I haven't never really paid it too much attention. But going back and listening to this track again made me think, wait a minute, this is quite good, and I should 
go back and uh, listen to the record that everybody's been raving about because like on RDO, it's always in the, in the um, heavy rotation section and stuff for the year. And uh, so I really enjoyed going back and listening to this track again. And uh, hopefully the rest of the album will have a, have the same effect on me. I think it will. Yeah. I, I really dug it again as well. <laughs> it's sort of, yeah, I just, it, it, it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> It's good. Yeah, well, that's sometimes all you need to say. Mm-hmm. True. So uh, don't deny your heart, and don't deny the awesomeness of Hot Chip. Don't deny your heart. Yep. Okay. Next. Number two! Amanda Palmer with Melody Dean! I never met a lady quite as pretty as Melody Dean And when I laid my head down on her heart it beated out your name And so I had to listen to her heartbeat several hundred times And she was very nice about it Held my hand and my foot in the same river twice I don't like getting wet You take the good, you take the bad You take it all and that is all you get Oh, the fact is you would rather I be lonely in a bathtub with a book Oh, the fact is you would rather I sat fighting on our pictures from New York New York, New York, New York But yeah, uh, this is, um this and my number one pick, I actually did already pick the album for the show, but I decided to try to pick different songs. And honestly, I probably should have picked Melody Dean for the hook last time instead of what you want, what the, instead of want you back, but both are really great songs. So I, 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 I think I, while I like Melody Dean a bit better, want you back is still awesome. So I'm not like, you know, retconning it or anything that I, that I picked this song all, all along. So. Uh, but yeah, I just really like it. Um, it's totally my Sharona um, with the uh, the syncopated guitar rhythm and everything. But you know, more songs should be my Sharona. I mean, there, there's my Sharona, my Bologna girl. You want? They're all pretty. They're all pretty much awesome. So you know, if, if you're gonna rip off a song, rip off my Sharona. <laughs> and then there's the polysix version of my Sharona, which is even better than the original. Yes, and then they also did a version of Girl You Want, which is Each Life, Each Inch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're, they're all over the My Sharona. I still haven't really warmed up to this record, though. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's not a slag against Amanda Palmer. Uh, I just... I just haven't really really gotten into anything she did post uh, the first Dresden Dolls album and some of the second. Mm -hmm. For values of the first album equal to uh, the self-titled one, not A is for Accident. I don't count that as a potential album. Yeah, A is for Accident is interesting, and it's got some stuff they should have released, like uh, Bank of Boston Beauty Queen, which I'm surprised is only on A because it's a fucking amazing song. But but yeah, I mean... it's it's not recorded super well, and it's just... I mean, it was always intended as a stopgap until the first record came out anyway, so... Yeah. yeah it's more like an EP of some, or, sort, or something like that. 
a very long EP, yes. <laughs> but, you know, I don't understand the, the hate on for her. I just, I can't say this album really, really, really impressed me, and I'm sorry, but, you know, I don't, I don't hate Amanda Palmer, I'm just not a fan of this record. Do you dig this song, though, or is it, or is it all sort of like, eh? Uh, this is be- this is one of the better ones on the record. I'll give it that. Okay. I mean, it, it is after all my Sharona. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kind of agree with Rich. I like the Melody Dean song. Um, I don't really remember the the one at back song, although I just listened to a little bit of it while you guys were talking. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's good. There's nothing really wrong with it. It doesn't, but it doesn't um doesn't feel like something I I need to listen to uh, again. So I don't dislike it, but it also feels like it doesn't really have much to do with me at this particular point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but Melody Dean's a good song, and it did sound it did have a, an air of familiarity. <laughs> I think once you're tired of my show, you're tired of life. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, my my show is Girl You Want, and when I get tired of Girl You Want, uh, there's always older versions of it, so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, to, to be honest, I think, I think you know, Girl You Want or my or uh, my Bologna are, like, sort of, like, my toss-up canonical versions of my Sharona. <laughs> but, you know, pretty much any version of my Sharona is pretty awesome. I, I I can work with that. <laughs> so, um, Rush, I guess, right? I mean, I guess. <laughs> so my uh, number two pick is the last track off of Rush's 2012 release, Clockwork Angels, and it is called The Garden. In this one of many possible worlds All for the best Or some bizarre test It is what it is And whatever Time is still the infinite jest The arrow flies when you dream the hours tick away, the cells tick away, the watchmaker keeps to his schemes, the hours tick away, they tick away. The measure of a life is a measure of love and respect, so hard to
Nice job. Yeah. <laughs> you got a nice fade. Now I got like this, like stop and start stuff. It's like you can tell that Rich didn't like it. I'm yeah, like, good timing and good good slowdown. I um, I, I the, I'm I'm new to this. <laughs> uh, so just to we we had a Rush show, uh, a Crush on Radio episode dedicated to Rush and this album. But just for a little bit of context, uh, this is Rush's twentieth studio record, and uh. I am a serious Rush fan and have a a uh, pretty strong grasp on their enormous discography and career. And this is a masterwork uh, in their. This album is a masterwork in their uh, oeuvre, um, which is great because you know these guys have been around for working on forty years, and it's fantastic that they've been able to tolerate each other for so long as well as continue to make awesome music at this stage in the game and still rock the shit out of these uh these songs in concert um you know just really speaks to their instrumental uh prowess and their virtuosity as musicians um the whole album is tremendous it is a concept record the um, so it has this sort of steampunk, alchemy, fantasy, sci-fi sort of vibe. Um, all of the tracks are terrific instrumentally, um, vocally. Some of the easily one of the most consistently great records that Rush has put out. Um, and again, I would place it alongside some of their earlier progressive stuff, um, which happens to be my favorite, uh, my favorite form of Rush. And as for the garden itself. Um, the reason I picked that song was just because listening, I remember listening to the record uh, over the summer when it came out and that track in particular, because I, I put uh, I put headphones on and and um, listened to the whole thing with the lights off from start to finish. And and when I got to that track, uh, the last track I had, it really dawned on me what a terrific um, album they had produced. And the garden itself is just a fantastic um end piece for the record and you don't tend to people don't tend to classify very many rush songs as beautiful but i think that this one qualifies and um it really does sort of blossom as the song goes on i think it's the longest track almost the longest track on the record but it does really blossom uh towards the end as the the song and the subsequently the album sort of climaxes and um really puts a fantastic period on a uh, a great album from probably my favorite band of all time. So, uh, I love it. Clockwork Angels. I remember when we were talking about the album for the first time, this was actually the song I liked the most because, uh, I don't know, this might be, this was me, but I think all of it sounded very, very similar. You know, all this you know, crunchy, right. yes. high temp, you know, tempo, uh, same similar key songs, and this was like, Oh wow! They actually have. There's a song that sounds different. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I I'm I still get, haven't really gotten into Rush. Uh, I, they've always been you know one of those bands where I won't really turn them off on the radio, but I don't listen to the radio much anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I can't say Clockwork Angels changed that for me. So, but th- this was this was still my favorite song on the record. So <laughs> yeah. Rush is a, I'm sure I'm, re- I'm repeating myself, but Rush is a very difficult band to penetrate because the music can be so complicated and 
there are plenty of hooks there, but you do have to listen actively and get used to it and sort of ease your way into the Rush universe because it is a universe. And the funny thing is, is for me, I had the um, opposite reaction as Rush, where I mean, I mean as Rich, <laughs> as Rich about Rush, uh, where I ended up like going like, oh wait, Rush is really really awesome, and I ended up like, you know, getting the records and everything, and so it's like, yay, Rush. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and this is a great song too. It is, it is all pretty. Yeah. Not much else to say, is there? Nah. Okay, well, now we're up to the number ones. <sighs> number one! Yes. Well, save that. Save, save, save the DJ voice for yours. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Don't you go DJ voice on my pick. <laughs> I'll DJ voice wherever I want a DJ voice. <laughs> Bring it. Um, <laughs> Bring it on! <laughs> my, my song of the year is... Um, Oh, let's just uh, come out and say it is "Oblivion" by Grimes, and I, I knew there was something about the song when I first heard it. Uh, I think this is, this is such an amazing song. It's it's not only like an amazing electronic song now, but it, I think it's, you know, she's really working in a way that I think uh, is going to be sort of we're seeing sort of some of the future of electronic pop music here. And I know that that's that's talking big, but well. But let's hear it and see what you think. scene so I'm not Visions was like my number two album of the year but this is definitely my song of the year and yeah it's not often you get to hear I, what you think to be what, I, what is going to be kind of like the future so I'm a fan I, I'm gotta be a jerk I, I, I hope this isn't the future of electronic pop because I <sighs> still don't get it. I 
I, I think musically it's okay, but I just can't get behind the the baby vocals thing that she does all the time. And just like, ah. But I do her, have to say, like, I, I do like voice. the album cover. What? I think that's her actual voice. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> sorry for your life crimes. <laughs> but I, I do like the album cover, and I, I like that someone actually, and I don't know, maybe it was her, I don't know, but um, there's like the, been this gif going around Tumblr that where it looks like someone made the album art for, um, for uh, Visions, the new record, on like this old, crappy, glitchy CGA monitor. And it actually looks really, really cool. But, but yeah, if, if yeah, I, I, I just can't get behind your voice. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I am a big fan. Yay. Uh, I remember this was, this was your pick uh, early on, I think. Episode Rich, one. Episode the, one. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it's like one. first episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember putting it on and being um, quite blown away by it. I really enjoyed it a lot, and this is a record I can listen to uh, in its entirety. I don't know if Oblivion would be the track that I would pick from it. And I've been, ever since I found out that this was your favorite song of the year, I've been you know, listening to it uh, a f- few extra times. And I think um, there are some other tracks that I like better. I'm a big... Um, I like Genesis a lot, and I like Be a Body and Color of Moonlight. Um, those tend to be the songs that I that I will play if I don't want to listen to the whole album. Um, although Oblivion is still very good, uh, but yeah, I mean this is not a, a genre that I listen to regularly. But I found this album to be very pleasant and um, really um, just really great. And I don't really know how to how to articulate why because as we know i'm not an electronic music connoisseur yet um but uh yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of the grimes and and this record so i don't know what your problem is matt doing it <laughs> well i i know it, I it's think, weird because like i've had so many people be all like hey have you heard of this like grimes person like they're really really good and it's like kind of funny because i'm just like no you're all wrong <laughs> <laughs> the world is gone mad <laughs> the vocals are just so, fine I don't understand why yeah, I don't know I'm not gonna I don't know I, I, I just it's just grating as hell to me like having her all it reminds me a little bit of Molly Harvey actually <laughs> I, I don't get it because I like Molly Harvey. <laughs> for 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 those who don't know, Molly Harvey is a regular guest vocalist for the Residents, and she has the uh, she has like two three main vocal styles. She's got the uh, her you know standard vocal uh, you know singing style. She's got the creepy child voice, and she's got the creepy old lady voice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like when 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 Molly Harvey does it, it. it works but when grimes does it it's just i don't know oh well Well, why don't you tell us about something you like matt okay number one the coup with magic clap come on kids
show forever This is the last kiss Martin never gave a Coretta It's like a paparazzi picture When I flash my Beretta I got scars on my back The truth on my tongue I had the money in my hand When that alarm got wrong We wanna breathe fire and freedom From our lungs to homeland security We are the bomb I, I kind of cheated with this one because, like, for me, um, the Coup album is definitely my number one album of the year. Um, I'm not sure if Magic Clap would be my number one song, um, just because, like, I kind of wanted to choose a different one than the one that I had chosen, which, uh, when I when we actually talked about this album, I, I went with The Guillotine, which is still an amazing song, and I also still really am into Your Parents' Cocaine also, the song, not the actual cocaine. Um, but, like, Magic Clap is a really, really great song, and it's really up there. So, while I don't know if it's my number one song of the year, it's up there. So, it, 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 let's, let's just call it good. And it's, like, in service of a phenomenal fucking record. So, and that is uh, Sorry to Bother You by The Coup. So, I just decided to go with it and call it good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I jabbered on about this album, well, twice in that one show that ended up, like, getting canned i think but um uh yeah so i i i just really really dig uh not only the coup but this particular album and so yeah i i am continuing to pick the hell out of it on crush on radio because it's it's a fucking great record which is also on anti so there you go i guess we've got two from anti and there you go so maybe we could get some of that great um uh endorsement bucks between anti and uh sennheiser sennheiser oh sennheiser's not going to endorse us after i criticize their their their, their plug quality um, plugs <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and i'll say this that's I, what every I, every company prides themselves on is the quality of their plugs uh, <laughs> <laughs> title um this this was great i i I'm, this was the year where i started to really develop a ta- uh, an appreciation for hip-hop i think uh, one of my albums of the year was uh, "Good Kid, Mad City" by Kendrick Lamar, um, and that yeah, I never thought I. If you asked me like you know two years ago if I'd have like a hip hop album in my top ten of a year, I'd be like, probably not, no. And if you'd asked me eight years ago, I'd say hell no. So, <laughs> um, just goes to show. I though I think I'd definitely be more into hip hop evolved with more hip hop songs had accordion. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and the coup has that so there you go <laughs> and the coup supports the workers revolution yes we have nothing to lose but our chains <laughs> and our asses um this album to me is like visions is to matt so <laughs> I feel bad because we all are going to at least one of us hates the other person's number one pick. Um but uh yeah, I mean the guillotine and the magic clap, you know, they've got some pretty good hooks, but you know, I don't I don't listen to very much uh hip hop and this album hasn't really blown my mind enough for me to change my uh perspective. Um it wasn't painful to listen to, but it was just like, yeah, okay. 
Um, I get it, but no, I'm good. No, thanks. <clears throat> if you're generally curious to uh, try to give hip-hop like a serious try, maybe check out Good Kid Mad City. Hmm. I'm definitely going to have to check that out, because like, I heard really good reviews, and the fact that you, you dig it like kind of makes it... Uh, it definitely moved up all you know from like the already good reviews and you know you know it's like stuff like albums that you should hear but i mean the fact that like you like it rich since our music tastes are so similar you know like there 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 are a few glitches of course but i mean you know it's we're usually on the on about the same page so i'm definitely gonna have to check that one out yeah please do and let's get to uh let's get to renders number one I feel bad ending the show <laughs> with, with an artist that you guys hate, but uh, this is so let's get this is not this is not what I consider to be the greatest song of the year. But this is my favorite song of the year. Um, I'm just pulling it up in my iTunes. So uh, my pick is uh, a song called Rooftop by Dave Matthews Band from their new album, Away From The World. And I don't know, Rich, if you can play uh, the bridge, which starts at the two minute mark, but um, we'll let uh, we'll let the folks listen a little bit now. Yeah, I can't really see the head very well. So, OK. Standing on the rooftop There's all these people watching Hard to find the words when you got so far to fall Just trying to keep a secret Never tell a soul, no, no Let's take another drink so I can lose control That was rough. I think uh, I think Skype is getting tired of us. So yeah, um, it sounds fine for me. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah. So I know uh, Rich and Matt are not big Dave Matthews Band fans, and that's totally cool. Um, but the reason that this is my favorite song of the year is that, um, well, generally speaking, this record. Uh, as the listeners must know by now, I'm a big Dave Matthews Band fan. This record, um, easily their best album in at least a decade. Um, not going to convert anybody who's not a Dave Matthews fan already, but um, definitely a very strong uh, entry in their discography. Probably the strongest in at least 10 or 12 years. So that is a welcome relief um, for me as a Dave fan. This song in particular, uh, probably not even the strongest song on the album, but probably my favorite because this song contains my favorite musical moment from 2012 which is the bridge 
of this song rooftop which we did not get to hear but that's okay it starts at the two minute mark for those of you that have the song um and that bridge is like i said just my favorite um 60 seconds of music that i heard this year and i've listened to the song multiple times specifically because of that bridge and the song itself is not perfect i think it's got a very solid guitar riff from dave the chorus is a little cheap trick ripoff, a little too heavy, generic, rocky, but the bridge um, really makes the song, and it's my favorite moment on the album as well. And uh, the reason for that, it is just extremely uplifting and uh, cathartic, and the lyrics really speak to me and uh, my personal experience that I've been uh, dealing with recently. And uh, so while I know you guys are not not big fans, uh, this was my uh, my favorite track of the year. Yeah, well, my my problem with Dave Matthews Band really is just Dave, the voice. <laughs> well, that's a big component. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I fully if it were just the that. band, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, if you take the, the the Dave Matthews part out of the Dave Matthews Band, I I I'd be a little cooler with it. See, the interesting thing about that is that a lot of fans who were who were fans of the band's first three records and have kind of fallen away from them since they've had some some rough spots in their in their career um say that say the opposite that dave acoustic uh, he's re- released uh, several acoustic albums with himself and tim reynolds just two acoustic guitars performing dave matthews band songs and uh, a lot of them a lot of people prefer uh, the acoustic dave to the to the full band so it's interesting that you say that I just don't like his voice. I mean, maybe I don't. I don't know. I have no real opinion on him as a guitar player. So maybe if you took the, if you just like put a ball gag in his mouth and made him uh, play, that's kind of cruel. But. <laughs> so, so put Dave Matthews in like a gimp mask and like re- recreate that one really creepy scene of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> I just don't want him to sing. I, w- I want him to keep his damn mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, Dave is one of those vocalists that you probably either love or hate. And as a Dave Matthews Band fan, obviously, I love his vocals. And when I first got, I remember first getting into the Dave Matthews Band and just being blown away by his um, his vocal delivery and his uh, his um, just the tone of his voice in general being uh, as unique as it is. Although not for everybody, obviously. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I, I always do with uh, Crush on Radio Picks is I do try to throw out, you know, any preconceptions, if I if I have any, and listen to them on their own merits. And I even I even did that again with um, our, you know, top five, because, like, I mean, like, you know, there were, you know, a lot of recycling, you know, I mean, you know, like, with again, with, like, Grimes or with Dave. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I tried and I still... I still stand by my previous claim that it's pooping music. <laughs> it's competently played. Nice. It's technically uh, good music. It's just, it's Dave. It's Dave. Oh, well. Love Dave. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if you really yeah. put out an instrumental version for, for, the, for the rest of us, are there any instrumental mm. versions of Dave Matthews Band albums? Instrumental albums? No, they have some instrumental tracks. Uh, yeah, just like someone like swipe the master tapes and and uh, 
pulled the fader all the way down for Dave's vocal and, uh, you know, and talked to me. <laughs> okay. So, first show of 2013. Whee! Nice job. <laughs> yeah, and I, not too many serious technical problems. I, I, I eventually figured out the fader, how to do the fade yeah. on VLC remote on my iPhone. and We're, we're, we're a Mickey Mouse operation. <laughs> so, uh, where can we find each other online? Andrew Marvin on Twitter and andrewmarvin.net. KittySneezes.com, KittySneezes on the Twitter and the Tumblr. Sandspoint.com, Sandspoint on the Twitter, Sandspoint on the AppNet, Sandspoint on the Last FM, Waterbreathman.com as well. I'm sort of posting on there again. And uh, we're, of course, CrushOnRadio.com, CrushOnRadio on the Twitter, CrushOnRadio on iTunes. Love us, review us. Make it your New Year's resolution to review and rate Crush on Radio. Ideally, positively. Yes. Yes, five stars. Because one of your New Year's resolutions is to be nice, to, is to be nicer, isn't it? So be nice. Mm-hmm. Those five stars. All right, guys. Uh, this has been this is fun. Um, I've, I've got some. I, I promise not to sleep through another episode. Record. <laughs> Yay! <clears throat> See, That's a wrap. Yep. <laughs> Bye, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.